0: This is Retirement Ready with Tony Drake on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Retirement Ready
1: Show. Have a great topic planned today if you're getting close to retirement and you feel confident that you're retirement ready. We've got a few numbers we want to discuss that might cause you to think a little bit. I'm certified financial planner Tony Drake with WealthWisconsin.com. I'm joined today by Brad. Good afternoon, Brad. Good afternoon. How's it going? Excellent. Great to be here. And I want to talk today, Brad, about four retirement statistics that I think might surprise folks, and I want to talk a little bit on how to protect ourselves from becoming one of these statistics. I was doing a little reading this week, and I found a really interesting one that said one in three Americans has done nothing, nothing, Brad, to save for retirement. Mm -hmm. I think workers either don't want to reduce their take-home pay, or maybe they're just not making a priority to set money aside for retirement. You and I talk about it all the time. There's certainly no magical number to the amount each people will need, you know, for this really kind of personal decision. But it's something clearly folks are overlooking.
2: Yeah. I mean people are asking for solutions and and one of the things that we talk about is is among workers who are offered an employer sponsored savings account like a four oh one K Statistics show 75% of women and 79% of men say they're 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 contributing to those plans. Employer-sponsored plans are a great savings vehicle, especially if you're offered a, a company match. You know, that's free money. You can contribute up to $18,500 to a 401k in 2018. If you're 50 years or older, you can contribute an additional $6,000. You have that catch-up. So if you're able to max out your 401k, consider opening an IRA or a Roth IRA to save even more money. Almost anyone who earns taxable income and is under the age of 70 and a half can open an IRA. Uh, for homemakers or those who do not work outside of the home, as long as you and your spouse file a joint tax return, you can also open an IRA. So the maximum amount you can contribute to an IRA this year is 5500 If you're 50 years or older, you can contribute $6,500. So definitely something to think about.
1: Yeah, I got a great question this week to a client called in. They're working part-time. Um, they still meet the other eligibility requirements, had about 6000 of income, so pretty part-time work and retirement, but wanted to know if they could contribute to that Roth IRA. And I think people forget it's dollar for dollar. So he was able to actually contribute a full $6,000 because he had that in earned income last year.
2: Right. And more you can get into those accounts, the better off you're going to be in the future. And we talk about contributions. There's also conversions you can do into a Roth. There's all sorts of things that you can do. So you want to sit down with somebody and see what options you have. Yeah, I think we're finding with a lot of folks those Roth
1: conversions, a lot of people get afraid of the taxation, understandably, but those conversions can have a huge impact. You and I are seeing when we implement these tax strategies that folks, their dollars, the longevity is just lasting a lot longer because now when you take out a dollar, comes out income tax-free. So if we can get that converted over to low tax bracket, then we can create that tax-free income down the road and You know, like I said earlier, there's definitely not a magic retirement savings number, but I think there's some guidelines we want folks to follow. You know, we really specialize in working with people that are in retirement or nearing retirement or trying to implement those tax strategies for retirement. But, you know, for the younger folks, maybe kids or grandkids of our uh, clients, at age 30 you want to have the equivalent of your annual salary in your savings. This includes contributions to your 401K any company matching dollars, if you're fortunate enough to have that, IRA contributions, maybe just plain investments you have out there in cash in your savings accounts. And then when you hit your mid-30s, so let's say 35, you want to have twice the salary saved, so it's starting to grow a little bit. At 40, you jump to three times your annual salary in, in retirement. And at 45, you should have four times your annual salary saved. The savings rate continues to go up about every five years now again there's no exact number right you and i know from working with folks it's really going to depend on their budget right what's their lifestyle what are the goals and that tends to be a missing link in retirement is you know folks are going in meeting with somebody and they're just not spending time getting to know what you're looking for but Then what are the guidelines we're looking for then in retirement, Brad?
2: Yeah, by the time you retire, the goal is to have 10 times your final salary saved. Might seem
1: like a big number to some folks.
2: Oh, absolutely. And there's, like you said, a lot of common misconceptions out there. A lot of people say, I need a million dollars to retire, or I need to have a 4% rate of return. But, you know, the closer you get to retirement, the more important it is to meet with a financial professional to make sure that you're on track. You know, at Drake & Associates, we offer a comprehensive report on retirement planning. You can find more details on that 360 approach at WealthWisconsin.com, but it's really you want to put everything on paper and see what am I spending versus what am I what's coming in. You know, the happiest people in retirement are not the ones with the most in the in the accounts, it's the ones with the most income coming in. So something to think about.
1: Yeah, and we have some great classes coming up. We're going to be out in Pewaukee this month at Thunder Bay Grill on April twelfth and eighteenth. You can join us for a talk. We're going to talk specifically about required minimum distributions, tax strategies, how, social security and uh-huh. how to how to minimize some of those effects and After the break, I want to talk about longevity a little bit. I think we know folks are living longer and longer in retirement, and we want to figure out how do we provide that income? What's the strategy there? Join us after the break with Retirement Ready on WTMJ.
0: Getting you ready to sail into the sunset. This is Retirement Ready with Tony Drake on WTMJ. Welcome back to the
1: Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. Today, we're talking about getting close to retirement. Are you confident? Aren't you confident? We've got some interesting facts. but I think we're finding a lot of folks aren't as confident as we thought they might be.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty. And, and the thing I always say is is when you're, you're just thinking about retirement, you know, there's so much that you have to think about. It's just kind of looming on your shoulders. When you actually put it on paper and you put in inflation and taxes and RMDs and all these different kind of things that you have to think about, it takes a lot of the stress off, you know? Yeah, it definitely does. And that's really, I I guess, a
1: shocking part that i found working in this industry for so many years now. You know, it can be a really emotional transition for folks. I think you're going from this time period where you have money, you have income. Of course, we're always worried about market corrections. I think it's just human nature to get emotional and a little worried about that. But then suddenly you don't have the income. Right. You know, and the mindset is when the market's going down – It's scary, but I'm in it for the long haul. It's just a paper loss, all the kind of one-liners that we hear. But you figure, I have money coming in, my company's contributing, maybe I'm buying more. So I'm buying at a low, which could be good long-term. And we know it's going to recover, but now in retirement, it's different.
2: Yeah, I think one of the the scariest things for, for a lot of folks is, you know, when you get into retirement, those first couple years, you have to start taking money out of the accounts that everybody's told you your whole life do not touch. Right, and you don't have the income you have you had coming in when you were working, and that can be a really scary thing. And that's why putting it on paper and showing you that there is a light at the end of that tunnel you know you, you make it to 100 years old and you still have money left over I think that's just so important just to to ease the stress a little bit.
1: And tell me a little bit you talk about putting that in on paper and you know folks hear it on the commercials all the time. We say we're an education first firm and we offer all these educational classes and. You know, maybe explain to us that process and what that looks like for someone.
2: Sure, yeah. So it's called the 360 Retirement Plan, and anybody that comes to one of our classes or listens to us on the radio, you can come into the office, and complimentary, we'll put together a retirement plan for you. Um, and really what it starts out with is, is we take a look at what are your expenses, you know, what's going to drop off in the future, what does Social Security look like, are there different strategies for Social Security, those 500 different ways you can take it. You know, 500? Are there, <laughs> are there spousal benefits still? available for you you know where do you draw from first what is inflation and taxes and you know rates of return look like and ultimately how much money do you have left for long term care and to leave money behind to the kids all that kind of stuff so this is a conversation that you want to sit down and have with a financial professional like I said at Drake and Associates if you come in we put these retirement plans together for families every single day Um, and and one of my favorite parts about the job is to show people you could retire tomorrow if you wanted to and you're going to be okay because we plan for the the good the bad the ugly
1: and i think that's important it certainly doesn't need to be with us but make sure folks we get this question a lot you're sitting down with someone that's taking the time to understand your needs and explain it to you um i always also teach classes to other advisors and i always find it shocking i think historically in our industry you know folks that say oh brad you're going to be okay don't worry about it or yeah you can take that trip to florida or stay down there for a couple months in the winter no, no big deal right. but based on what is that based on a market that's averaging 10 12 14% is that based on a market that's correcting is it based on a market that's hitting 4 to 6% averages you know what happens if inflation does go higher we know inflation's been low sub 2% but the 100-year average is close to three and a quarter. What happens if, you know, we're concerned about this rising interest rate environment and the market getting hot? market corrected a little bit in February because of that. But what if inflation does start to creep up on us? What effect might that have on our, on our you know, future and longevity of our dollars? And I think showing folks that, letting them see the numbers. So when Jeez. we say really huge and, you know, when we say education first, You know, really make sure you're talking to somebody that's showing you that. I mean, part of it, I think, is the emotional part that doesn't get talked about. And how do we help you when you are nervous about taking money out and you don't have that income coming in, you know, how do you sleep well at night? How do you approach that and feel like, wow, I am going to be okay.
2: You know, and it comes down to let's plan for the big stuff like a market correction, but let's also plan what if you need to buy a car? You know, what what account makes the most sense to take that from tax-wise? You know, in some of the programs that we use to put these retirement plans together, we can show you what accounts make sense to draw from first, and that's a big question for everybody. Yeah, I think
1: that, order of income or having an income plan becomes important, and that's where we start to talk about some of the tax strategies, right? Mm -hmm. If we have some Roth money or not what we call non-qualified or just investment dollars that aren't pre-tax retirement accounts, which accounts does it make sense to take money out? Do we want to take some out early because we're in a pretty low tax bracket because Social Security hasn't started? Or Maybe we have a pretty healthy pension, so we want to take some Roth money. You know, it's not always the same answer, but it's about looking at that. And I think what decisions can I make that can affect my tax bracket for the next 10 or 20 years, not just the next 10 or 20 minutes or months, if you will. And having that longer-term picture, maintaining that lower tax bracket makes a big, big difference. Mm -hmm. After the break, we're going to talk about longevity. Folks are living longer. Life expectancy is increased.
0: How do we deal with it? Getting you ready for retirement the right way. This is Retirement Ready with Tony Drake on WTMJ. Good afternoon.
1: This is Tony Drake, certified financial planner with WealthWisconsin.com, joined today by Brad Allen. Talk about some great topics, and I want to get into longevity a little bit. Um, This is clearly the number one question we get in the office. Do I have enough money? Am I going to be okay? And I think that really stems from life expectancy getting longer, both men and women You know, life expectancy have increased more than 10% in the last eight years, and women are living even longer than men. About 80% of married women will outlive their husbands, and a lot of folks just aren't planning for that risk, and they need to be ready for that, and and folks just aren't thinking about that.
2: Yeah, I mean, 60% of baby boomers today say that they're more worried about running out of money than actually dying you know one of the no one wants to estimate their life expectancy but it is important to take this account into account for for proper planning so there's online calculators that can help estimate your longevity but in reality there's a lot of factors to consider your your current age your gender your Health and family history, just to name a few, you can help mitigate some of the longevity risk to your portfolio with with proper planning. You know, and and one of the major things, you know, women do live longer than men. One of the things that we, we talk about at the class is married people live longer than, uh, than some, both men and women. So if you're thinking about hanging it up, married people do live longer. That's as right. A hang in
1: there, right? Don't right. Uh, throw in the towel.
2: <laughs> my grandparents,
1: Brad, were uh, married uh, quite a long time at the end. And my grandma Mary, one of my heroes, uh, she was just one of the most brilliant women I ever met. But she was very funny. And she used to say to Grandpa Sam, those first 50 years were tough. <laughs> she said it's gotten easier from then on out. So for those of you listening, if you're getting close, hang in there. there but, you go. uh, all kidding aside, I think looking at that from a more factual standpoint, you know, looking at longevity, I should say, um, helps you. You know, we, we talked about, you know, pulling it up on the screens in the office or showing people on paper how we're going to make those dollars last. You know, what on a conservative with a low interest rate, with a high rate of inflation, you know, how long will our money last, but it really starts with having a budget, and it's that kind of evil B word that nobody wants to talk about. It's Never fun to create a budget. But reality is, you know, most retirees are living on a fixed income. So it's really important to write that down. And this becomes the cornerstone of all of our, you know, financial plans, our income plans, because it's that old adage, garbage in, garbage out. If we don't have a good number to start with, you know, if you tell me you're spending 2000 you're spending 12000 right? I mean, we can come up with all the plans in the world, but it's just not based on accurate information, so it's not gonna help. So once we have that, then we can start to look at tax strategies, how can we keep you in a lower tax bracket, can we do Roth conversions? You know mm-hmm. What impact does inflation have? Because that's really
2: important. It is, and you have to be realistic with those numbers, too. If you're going to spend $15,000 a year on traveling because you want to go to Europe, you want to see all these different things, absolutely do that, but put that into the plan. You know, Don't just say that money will be there. Put it into the plan. Let's plan out for it because that's not going to last forever. In your 80s, you might not travel as much as you do early on in retirement, so you want to plan out for that. Yeah, I think you bring up a really valid point, and it's something we see a lot, where
1: people will go down and mark down all their kind of what we call, you know, mandatory expenses, I guess, bills, gasoline, food, things of that nature, but they don't necessarily remember some of those elective expenses, and you know, I want people to live the retirement of their dreams, but we can't plan for that if we don't put it in there. And I think it's really important to account for that because that's why you've saved all along anyway. And for some folks, it may mean continue working. I mean, the longer you work, the less likely it is you'll have to dip into your nest egg. Making money last a lot longer. I think, though, sometimes people find out they don't have to. We we both had that moment, and it's pretty special when we're in the office with someone and we can say, look, we've, you're there. You know, we can very conservatively, you know, do this based on
2: your budget and and do some of the things you're dreaming about. It's one of my favorite things. I mean, you see that weight lifted off their shoulders, you know, when you put in all these different variables and things. Um into a plan and show them that they're going to be okay. You know, but sometimes, you know, maybe we talk about pensions. Pensions are kind of a thing of the past, right? You don't see a lot of income coming in as far as, you know, it's just social security and 401k's and things like that now. So, one of the things people are considering these days are annuities. There's there's two different types of annuities, deferred and immediate. Within these two types, annuities can can also be fixed or variable. So, when used properly, an annuity can provide a guaranteed lifetime income even during market down- Downturn. So, one of the big things with annuities is you definitely want to consult your financial professional to, to determine which type is best for you and make sure that you're reading the, the fine print. You know, we talked about annuities a couple weeks ago. There are some things that you need to do to make sure, you know, is this the right fit for me and my family? So, you want to definitely know what you're buying before you do it. Yeah, I
1: think. Like a lot of things, the devil's in the details with annuities. You can talk about some pretty aggressive fees if you're not careful. You know, we see annuities upwards of 3 to 5% in fees. Yeah. Most of them have time commitments. Doesn't necessarily mean that's a bad thing, but you want to be aware of those time commitments and make sure it fits into your plan. When we come back, I want to talk about health care, huge expense in retirement that many people just aren't planning for
0: preparing you for the ultimate vacation here's more of retirement ready with tony drake on wtmj good afternoon and welcome
1: back today fred we're discussing some of the i guess scary facts things that people just aren't accounting for in retirement we talked about longevity a little bit clearly the biggest question we get do we have enough money we're going to be okay and you know, we want to venture into health care. So that can be a kind of a tangled topic, if you will. And, frankly, it's one of the most challenging parts in retirement to plan for because it's an area we just don't know. Right. We can work on some averages. We can look at things like that, talk about longevity in the family. But it it's really challenging to plan for. And for those of you that want to connect with us and come to one of the educational classes, we have one of our most popular topics right now we're going to do here in April and that's talking about the 500 Social Security strategies. There's requirement of distributions. Right. Really breaks down to be a little bit more simple, I think, than folks make it out to be. But with that said, it's a big challenge. People get worried about it. They get a little bit nervous. A lot of people say, I don't want to take money out.
2: Yeah, or they just don't think about it at all, and then 70 and a half rolls around, they find themselves in a higher tax bracket than what they thought they'd be in. So there's a lot to RMDs. Uh, you can very much simplify it, but something that uh, you need to have that conversation about.
1: Yeah, it's really important because people forget that. That's taxable income. Right. So you start taking that out, maybe you've delayed Social Security to 70. Now you have taxable income there, sometimes fairly substantial, several thousand a month, you can really get pushed into a high tax bracket. And you say, Boy, I thought the whole point of this 401k was to stay tax deferred because I'm in a low bracket in retirement. And that ends up not being the case. So that leads to the last topic we're going to talk about at the class in April. And that's tax strategies. You know, right. what can we do today if we're fortunate enough to meet you in your 50s or 60s that can really keep us in a lower tax bracket in our 70s, 80s, and 90s? Now, that's not to say, you know, if you're already in your 70s or 80s, there aren't things you can do. but – the sooner we can start it, the more impactful
2: it is. It can make a huge difference. I I think we always talk about how a tax strategy can have a bigger impact on your overall portfolio than, than what funds or bonds or CDs or things are you in. You know, I mean, if you do it the right way and you start early enough, it can make a tremendous difference.
1: Yeah, it really adds up and, again, contributes to the longevity of the dollars we were talking about. And for folks that have questions, you can always email them in. We'll address them on the show. I think we have a question or two. We'll we'll hit later this afternoon. That email is radio at wealthwisconsin.com. That's radio at wealthwisconsin.com. And those upcoming classes are out at Thunder Bay Grill in Pewaukee. It's going to be on Thursday, April 12th. And then the following week will be on Wednesday, April 18th. Those will be in the morning. We'll start at 1030, followed by lunch out there. So definitely bring your appetite. They have a great lunch planned for us. But covering RMD, Social Security, and, and how to control those tax brackets.
2: And those classes do fill up pretty quickly. So you can sign up on WealthWisconsin.com, or you can give us a call at
0: 414-409-7226.
2: Yeah, I think it's the the tax. Uh, folks are really interested in the tax
1: strategies and mm-hmm. also this new tax code. You know, President Donald Trump passed this new tax code, and a lot of folks are concerned. How does this affect me what impact is this going to have on me? Now, remember, if you're doing your taxes right now, doesn't affect anything for your 2017 return. But there's a lot of big changes for the 2018 return we'll all be doing, you know, at the end of the year and the beginning of next year. So we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. And we're trying to add as many as we can, folks. I apologize. A couple people have called in or emailed me and were a little upset because they couldn't get in. And um, doing everything we can to provide some more opportunities for you. But uh, if you're interested in those dates, please do jump on it.
2: Yeah, or if you want to visit with us in the office, feel free to give us a call anytime and we can set up an appointment if you have specific questions to what you're doing in retirement. We'd love to help out with that.
1: And so let, let's talk a little bit about health care. Another fact I read this week, Brad, more than 80% of pre-retirees, so folks that aren't quite retired yet, haven't even tried to guess how much their health care will cost them. Haven't even approached the topic. Now, health care equals, you know, wealth for a lot of excuse me, health equals wealth for a lot of those in retirement. A sixty five year old couple retiring today will spend an average of two hundred and seventy five thousand on health care. Wow. Now we're not talking about premiums or anything. We're talking about out of pocket costs, not not total costs where some of which might be covered by the, the carrier. Right. right. And a lot of folks say, well, what are you talking about, Tony? I'm going to be on Medicare at 65. Well, that's d- designed to cover many of your costs but doesn't cover everything. It's estimated that Medicare only covers about 50 to 60% of your health care needs, and premiums and out-of-pocket expenses go up over time. And, you know, when we're working on these income plans, it becomes really challenging because we don't know what that number is going to be. We don't know what your health is going to be, how you're going to hold up. Maybe you have longevity in the family, maybe you don't, but it's an area I think that tends to be a lot more expensive than people think and people just aren't planning for it. We meet a lot of people coming with a spreadsheet, they have their budget, maybe they have the travel you talked about earlier and they have all of that built in, but they just haven't considered health care. So it's something we want to talk about some solutions. So. Join us after the break, and we're going to dive in how to plan for the health care expenses.
0: Answering all of your retirement questions on Retirement Ready with Tony Drake on WTMJ.
1: Hope everyone's having a great afternoon. You're with the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. And Brad and I are talking today about some of the biggest challenges folks are having in retirement. More than 80% of folks that aren't retired yet haven't even considered the health care costs of retirement astronomical over a quarter million dollars is the estimate of -of
2: out-of-pocket costs. So what do we do about it, Brad? How do we solve this? Yeah. With uh, rising health care costs, it's critical. You factor these expenses into your retirement plan. So there's a few things you can do to cut down on these costs. So number one is going to be saving an HSA, which is a health savings account, which offers a, a tax advantage way to save money for qualified health care expenses. So while many people contribute to their HSA fund current uh, health care costs, the balance can carry over each year and can be invested to grow for the future. So if you can contribute... each month to your HSA for 20 years, you can turn twenty four thousand dollars into more than fifty six thousand, assuming an eight percent rate of return. So an HSA is a great retirement savings tool because you can withdraw money tax free for qualified medical expenses. And then after age sixty five, if you need to take money tax free for qual, uh, if you need to take money out and pay the taxes on it, you can use it just like an IRA or you know anything like that. So it's a great plan to think about adding to and, and using in retirement, especially. You know, it's one of those accounts where if you do it the right way, you never pay a dime in taxes on it. Yeah, it really makes sense, and we never get a complaint about tax-free income.
1: Everybody likes that, right? Right. How do I pay for expenses tax-free? And I think another issue is long-term care. Latest numbers are saying about 70% of 65-year-olds will require some form of long-term care later in life. And that expense and the need for long-term care insurance might vary from person to person. I'm not... Suggesting that long-term care insurance is for everybody. Right. There's folks that can self-insure. Maybe traditional long-term care insurance is the route. There's also some ways to protect your assets with a properly qualified elder law attorney that you can meet with. And there's now what we would call some hybrid products. You know, one of the biggest complaints about long-term care, people say, is You know, what if I spend those high premiums and I never use it? What Mm -hmm. if I'm that lucky, you know, 30% that never ends up winding up in a nursing home? And I think it's a valid concern. So they now have some hybrid products. And the way those will work, one is like a traditional life insurance where you have to medically qualify some pretty lenient underwriting requirements. But if you get sick, a certain percentage of the death benefit is available on a monthly basis for long-term care benefits. reason some folks are looking at that is they say, well, boy, if I stay healthy and don't use it, then my my heirs inherit this money income tax-free. Mm-hmm. You know, so I kind of get the best of both worlds. Or you mentioned annuities earlier this afternoon. That's another route. There are some they're pretty simple annuities, traditionally fixed annuities, going to pay you a set rate of interest. Frankly, the interest rate's not all that impressive. But they generally have a multiplier where they'll say if you get sick, this bucket of money multiplies, you know, two times, three times, depending on the product, and you have a bucket of money to use for long-term care insurance. If I don't get sick, money can be inherited by, by my heirs, or I can take out money later in life.
2: And maybe that's all you need. If you're thinking about maybe you have a pension coming in, you have Social Security, those are going to be coming in all throughout your life, so if all you need is a supplement for long-term care, maybe it doesn't make sense to pay the high premiums of the insurance.
1: Yeah, I mean, long-term care insurance is certainly going to be, you know, important for some people because the average cost of a private room at a nursing home in our area is more than $92,000. Average stay is over two and a half years. So an insurance policy or one of these hybrid products can help, you know, fund those needs. I think it's really important to discuss what you want to see happen with your spouse and family members now, You know, sit down with your financial professional or your insurance agent to determine if long-term care
2: insurance is right for you because there are, you know, different ways to accomplish that. Yeah. You're talking about the number one transfer of wealth in the country is your estate to the nursing home. So if you're not putting that as part of your retirement plan, you need to start thinking about it. Yeah, and I also want to
1: dive in, Brad. This is a hot topic. I mean, a lot of folks are frustrated with this process. They don't know what to do. You know, another fact I wanted to discuss today, more than half of baby boomers admit they know very little to nothing at all about their Social Security benefits. You know, what do I do here? Do I take it, (laughs) the reduced amount at 62, is my full amount 66 in two months, 67, what is the full amount? Do I delay it to 70? What are the benefits of that? Right. I think
2: you mentioned there's 500 different ways to turn this on. There's a lot to it and then you know a lot of people don't want to take it early or maybe they want to don't want to take it at 70 because they're looking at the break even points and all this that kind of stuff.
1: So. Yeah, and there's pros and cons, right? If you have longevity, obviously there's some some benefit to delaying, grows at a pretty substantial rate. We'll talk about that, but if we can get more income out of social security, We don't have to touch as much of our nest egg, which means money lasts long. It's that longevity issue we were talking about. So really important to tackle this with somebody that has some experience on how to deal with it and can really sit down and show you based on your needs and what you're trying to accomplish as a couple, does it make sense to start it early, wait till full retirement, delay it? Maybe one of you delays it and the other one starts early. Lots of different strategies. So after the break, we'll dive into Social Security and how to maximize that income stream.
0: Talking you through your retirement plan. Here's more of Retirement Ready with Tony Drake on WTMJ.
1: Good afternoon. This is the Retirement Ready Show. Tony Drake, certified financial planner, and Brad Allen with Wealth with talking about one of the hottest topics we hear about in the office: Social Security. Mm-hmm. You know, I think this is one of the most misunderstood topics. It's confusing. It's scary. There's over 500 different strategies. A lot of people don't know where to get good help or good advice, and this could be why a lot of people are taking their benefits at 62. If you're not familiar, that's the earliest age you can start the Social Security, but that might not be the best option for everyone. If you tap into it early before retirement age, 66 or 67 or somewhere in between, depending on what year you were born, your benefit can be permanently reduced you know, for baby boomers, if you can hold off claiming Social Security till 70, your monthly benefit increases by
2: 32%. That's almost a third, so that's a pretty phenomenal increase. It can be huge for a lot of families. You know, Social Security is complicated, uh, which is why it's important to have a strategy for collecting those benefits. So you want to educate yourself on the best age to tap into Social Security. And there's a few reasons people decide to take benefits early. Uh, they could be out of the workforce early. You know, or working a, a physically demanding job, and they want to retire early. Uh, they they may not expect to to live past age seventy five. So when we're talking about break even points, if you wait to take Social Security at seventy, how long does it take you to recoup what you would have gotten had you taken it earlier? And that's something you have to think about. You have to consider that. You have to look at your life expectancy and that kind of thing. So. Whatever the reason, it's important to educate yourself before taking Social Security. Uh, that decision not only affects you, but it affects your spouse as well. And When you're thinking about survivor benefits, the higher of the two Social Securities is the one that stays. So, a lot of times, you know, some of the spousal benefits and things we can't do anymore, but I'll have one spouse take it right away. One spouse, you know, wait as long as possible because Social Security goes up 8% per year when you're not taking it. Wow, that hold way, on. did you say 8% a 8%, year? 8%, yeah. Wow, from 62 that's... to 66, at 6%, but then from 66 to 78%. So there's not a lot of options out there where you can get that kind of growth. So, you know, when we're talking about a survivor benefit, when one spouse passes, if we can have a higher benefit for that remaining spouse to hedge against inflation and things like that in the future, that could make a huge difference for a family. So you want to sit down with somebody that is something that we put together in that retirement plan. Social security is a a, a big portion of that and in, in how you're going to take out of your IRAs and what decisions you make determines, you know, when you're going to take that social security. So something you want to sit down and talk about. And maybe that's
1: just your sole topic you want to learn about. If you come in, Brad will sit down with you. He'll give you a Social Security report, show you of the hundreds of options available, which one's going to give you the most dollars and cents. Assuming you live to life expectancy, you can take that report right to the Social Security office, show them exactly what you want to do. You can visit us at com to schedule that. Complimentary, no cost or obligation. Mm-hmm. And for folks who want to dive in a little bit more, we have some classes coming up. On Thursday, April twelfth and Wednesday, April eighteenth, we'll start up at ten thirty. Those will be out at Thunder Bay Grill in Pewaukee. Couple of hot topics that we're going to talk about, required minimum distributions, frustration, don't want the taxable income, how do we deal with that? We'll also talk about the new tax code. How does this new tax code affect me and what strategies can I implement? But most importantly maybe Brad will talk about this Social security and how to maximize those strategies really help educate you Brad I think we got a question this week
2: we do yeah we have a question and you can you can email in questions every week we love answering these questions so at radio at com, and today's question is from Marion Black. and her question is 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 there any way I can minimize or have to take or not have to take out my required minimum distributions at 70 and a half I'm approaching seventy and a half and I'm looking for strategies because i do not need the money yeah so great question mary we get this
1: question a lot there are some wonderful ways to do that one is what we call qualified charitable distributions i think people assume if i want to be charitable i have to be giving tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars right maybe it's five hundred dollars you're giving to your church we can take that out of your required minimum distribution send it have the custodian send that right to the charity completely avoids the taxation on that. So there are some really effective things you can do there. Sometimes you can minimize balances before 70.5, Roth conversions. A lot of great strategies. There's not going to be a one-glove-fits-all approach, but there are a lot of great ways that we can minimize that and minimize the taxation impact that that has on you. So really important that you're planning for that before you hit 70.5, if at all possible.
2: Yeah, a lot of things you can do before 70.5, but there's still, like you talked about, the charitable distributions can happen after you start taking them. So there's so many different things you can do. Some of the big things we'll be talking about at those classes on uh, April 12th and April 18th at Thunder Bay. And, again, if you want to sign up for those classes, you can do that on WealthWisconsin.com or give us a call at 414-409-7226 been a great show
1: this week, Brad. Next week, I have another fun topic. I hope folks will join us. Does money have you confused? Maybe you don't know, you know, what to do when it comes to your 401k. Now's the time to study up. April is Financial Literacy Month, a time dedicated to helping people focus on this topic. We appreciate you joining us on the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ.
0: The proceeding was a paid program. Advice and opinions expressed during Retirement Ready are solely that of the hosts or guests of Drake & Associates and not WTMJ Radio or Scripps Media Incorporated.